Hi, I'm Chief Mike Force, and you're listening to WhatCopsWatch.com on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. They all wear uniforms. They're honored to wear the badge. They defend life and property and carry guns. While they're often called superheroes, they, in the end, are humans, just like you and I. This is WhatCopsWatch.com. I'm Captain Chris Giuseppe. I'm an author, a screenwriter, and I've been in law enforcement for over 20 years. I'm Mike Wilkerson, the media generator with thousands of entertainment podcast reviews across a decade plus, loaded and ready for bear. The television programming is out there. The feature films are bigger, more action-packed than ever, and out there too. It's a growing world of media, both on and offline, but what do cops watch? Get ready to cross the yellow podcast tape and learn more about the thin blue line. It's time for another episode of WhatCopsWatch.com. Election Season 2016 It's been a raucous time for the American voting public. A high-wire, finger-pointing circus act that allows us all to wonder, are these the best two choices that we can come up with out of all the people that want to run for the president's seat? The value of a movie like Dave, 1993, directed by Ivan Reitman, is that there are now literally characters that hold the title that we will revere more than the people that take on the chair in early 2017. Grab your bicycle, prepare to steal a pencil from the presidential podium, and prepare to make straightforward, no-nonsense budgetary cuts to regarner homeless shelter funds because it's time for the perspective review of Dave. 1993, directed by Ivan Reitman. During WhatCopsWatch.com on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Chris DiGiuseppe, your other host. Chris, we're less than two weeks before the upcoming presidential election, and so I thought it would be appropriate that we dive into fictional but endearing presidential stories of there being different presidents instead of the presidential seat. I agree. Very timely content. Super timely content and a lot of fun. Before we get to it, a couple of quick housekeeping notes. The Presidential Bio Podcast. Chris, we've got a ton of incredibly educational presidential content coming up inside the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. What we're focusing on here is the Presidential Bio Podcast with Phil Tracy. That's uh, Phil Tracy who's compiling literal bios of every single president that's been in the seat to date, which is perfect timing for what we've got coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. And that's uh, you know very educational and, and what we need as Americans to know, know who we've had in office, know who we're potentially putting in office. Yeah. The neat part about what Phil's compiling, too, is that the stories are not just everything you can go and grab out of Wikipedia and go, oh, and now I know everything. They're the stories that have been compiled inside of books in memorial. What that means is that you're getting a lot of detail that you would never go get just out of a book someplace. Mm-hmm. Add on the storytelling ability of Phil Tracy, and you've got something really, really special. Again, it's the Presidential Bio Podcast. You can check it all out after Election Day 2016 over at Presidential Bio. Dot com. It's yet another educational flavor of delicious two guys talking based ice cream in the form of the presidential bio podcast with Phil Tracy. 
The Air Force One Perspective Review. One of my favorite films. Uh, you know, me too. And uh, we're going to be talking a lot about soundtracks inside of this movie's Perspective Review. Mm-hmm. But that one in particular, that's one of the soundtracks that if someone said, hey man, what, what, what's, what music do you need playing as you walk into a room? That's up there. Mm-hmm. That's definitely up there. That, probably Raiders of the Lost Ark, right. and then the Imperial March from Star Wars. So, so when Darth Vader walks into a room, that's essentially what you get. Everything Harrison Ford. Right? Uh, pr- pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. He leaves such an indelible footprint inside that movie. And the reason we're, we're doing the perspective review of that one also, that's you, Phil Tracy, and I doing that one, mm-hmm. along with a special guest, an actual Secret Service agent, Lee Gallagher, mm-hmm. who'll be chiming in in depth on the things that you see, well, Maybe not too in-depth. I guess we're going to have to see what happens inside of that one. Absolutely. Uh, but that's why we're using that is because it's yet another president of another flavor that you love, President Marshall. You always think of that movie and then something really special in regard to someone taking on the presidential mantle. Check that out over at PerspectiveReviews.com for not only that, but a whole bunch of other great perspective reviews that you can listen to right now to get educated on some great feature films from the past. Chris, I've got my bike. I'm ready to go steal pencils from the presidential podium. Are you? Let's do it. Let's get directly to the WhatCopsWatch.com perspective review of Dave, 1993, directed by Ivan Reitman. The Hype. Chris, for you, this was yet another movie that you didn't quite remember seeing, but then you remembered seeing. Right. Okay. I I, I didn't quite remember the... I guess it had been such a long time ago. Yeah, that I didn't yeah. Remember. Well, in 1993, what, what were you doing in 1993? Was that the cusp of becoming copness? 1993, I was two years into law enforcement. Two years so into law enforcement. I was a brand new. Does that mean you were a officer. beat cop back then? No. Yeah. Were you ever a beat cop? I don't know that we know. Well, that. It, it depends on the way you define beat cop. But uh, yeah, I was patrol <laughs> officer back then. Yeah. We never. I never really walked a beat. There wasn't too many beats to walk. You know, yeah, in, sure. Um, so like you weren't St. the Sean Connery with the with the police whistle and no. all that. No. Okay. No. Okay. Well, that that's interesting to know. Anyway, uh, 1993 was my first year inside of St. Louis. Here, ironically, after voting for President Clinton, which is a really interesting dynamic that goes on here inside of this film, because as we get what is not Hillary. Mm-hmm. Inside of the front end of this film, Sigourney Weaver's character, we don't really know anything about the dynamic that's going on there presidentially in regard to president and first ladyness. Right. Uh, so this was a very interesting dynamic that I don't. I'm trying to remember other presidential movies up to that time and how they depicted the president and the president's wife's relationship. I, I don't remember many. And that was before any of the uh, controversies or mm-hmm. so forth that had broken. Mm-hmm. I, I would assume 1993 was the beginning, right? That was the beginning of that uh, presidential run, or no? Well, that was the first year of the presidency. Because okay. they won in ninety, they he got elected ninety two, inserted ninety three. Sure. Yeah, so a, a very interesting time inside of politics for sure. I think many people, including our own Phil Tracy, the presidential historian over presidentialbio.com, dot com, he would tell us that you know there was a lot of prosper asterisk mm-hmm. inside of the the uh, initial Clinton presidency. Right. And so uh, it's a very different take and a very different color that you get as you start this film. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think what this, the hype section really refers to is where did you see this for the first time? And do you remember where you saw this for the first time? I do not remember. I don't recall. I don't think I saw this in the theater. I think I actually saw it first on videotape. Most likely with me too. Yeah. I don't think I went to the movies for those of you to see it, but 
copy. That mm-hmm. would have been the old VHS tapes. Yeah. And for those of you that are not old enough to remember either what VHS tapes are or to have any, I know many people in their houses, they don't even have any VHS tapes anymore. Right. Uh, if they do, they certainly don't display them anywhere because they just take up too much space. And you can't play them on anything. Uh, too true. Too true. <laughs> Although you can go and get a player now for, I don't know, 18, 19 bucks, something they crazy. They still sell them. Oh, they do. They do. Amazing. You can go and get a DVD slash Blu-ray player for a little bit more than that now, which is kind of mm-hmm. funny that you right. can, that, that that whole paradigm of technology has changed too. It's very strange. Uh, anyway, I don't remember seeing this inside the theater at all. Neither do I. And uh, that's where we ask you guys, where did you first see Dave? And what do you remember of the, uh, the either the trailer from the film or uh, what do you remember about the theater that you saw it in? Let us know what you think by going over to whatcopswatch.com. Click on the right-hand side inside the web form anywhere and tell us what do you remember about the hype surrounding Dave. The Money. One of my favorite puzzle pieces inside of all of the perspective reviews that we have is the money to not only see what a movie did initially, but to see what it's done since then. Mm-hmm. And this is no exception. This is another strange wonder. Mm-hmm. Do you have any idea what this movie did, either domestically or internationally? Well, I do because I cheated and I uh, looked at the, <laughs> note the note that you emailed. Me, I almost so. sent you one without the numbers in it just to get the <laughs> impact from it. Uh, the bottom line here is that for a very, you know, the, the cast here is robust. There's no doubt Absolutely. about it. But this is a smaller movie. It's, sure. you know, there there wasn't, I, I, at least I don't remember any hype at all about this movie. And the, the whole switcheroo movie-ness, I don't know that it was, there was a whole bunch of other switcheroo movies at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, 13 going on 30, uh, a couple others in that same kind of general time area. But this one was not a giant splash of anything going on inside of 1993. And I guess putting it together, they did have some big names and such when you talk mm-hmm. about budget-wise. Yeah. It, yeah. But it didn't have, it wasn't a bunch of action. It wasn't a bunch of uh, special effects or CGI, or mm-hmm. I don't even know if they had CGI, uh, or what to what level they had it back then. But, you know, it was, uh, so really what they had to rely on was writing mm-hmm. and acting. Yeah. Which is, and the direction of those actors, and that's really what we got inside of this for sure. This was initially released in 1,916 theaters. The opening weekend actually took in $7,300,000, which is uh, very significant, especially for back then. The total lifetime gross domestic take is actually $63,300,000. So, yeah, I couldn't find a number for what this made, but again, for making almost sixty-four. dollars $64 million over its lifespan is a giant get for them. I guess the good part is that it's kind of written closed. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about that inside the franchise section of this perspective review. The good. Every movie inside the perspective review cone has good points, and there are a ton to get through, Chris. Let's jump in. The cast. What can you say about a cast? That starts with Sigourney Weaver. Right. Frank Langella. Right. You know, uh, all of these people that are inside of this are not just great actors, but accomplished stage actors that then migrated into feature right. film. Kevin Klein, and even your even your characters that maybe don't play that significant of a role. I mean, Ben, uh, ben Kingsley. Mm-hmm. You know, good yeah. actor. Yeah. And I, I love it when you can get uh, great actors who love to act and kind of toss their egos out the window. That's a giant get. Right. You throw in a great director like Ivan Reitman and who can corral and 
draw out the performances of the people inside of their character sets. Mm-hmm. And you have something really, really special here. We're going to link up to the entire cast inside of Dave 1993, directed by Ivan Reitman, over at the show notes for this podcast over at whatcopswatch.com. But uh, we're going to go through just a couple of them. Kevin Klein. A lot of people don't know that he's actually from St. Louis. I didn't know. Very, very interesting. He's been back a lot. He's kind of fallen out of the acting stuffs. Mm-hmm. Come back has come back and done a bunch of local program stuff, which is kind of ironic, mm-hmm. considering his push inside of this program. But yeah, he's not been acting a whole lot recently inside of Hollywood. I've not for, seen him. Yeah, I've not seen him on the uh, on the radar. So yeah, yeah. Uh, inside of this though, it's it, it's a great role for him. That being able to play two sides of a completely different coin. They do actually physically meet. But only for a moment. Right. And I, li- I like that a lot. A lot of times in the switcheroo movies where you've got one actor playing two, especially nowadays, it's kind of taken over the top. Well, he is the perfect person for this, especially with the animated uh, role. Where I mean, you have him singing, you have him uh, very animated, and just uh, just I think that that's where he really fits. You know, you go back to the you know the a fish called Wanda, and you know all the the animation, animated uh, character that he played in that, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought it was really appropriate for him. Yeah, I, I think this kind of lighthearted, not quite romantic comedy comedy, mm-hmm. I think it is a, it's a wheelhouse for him. Yep. I think every opportunity that he's had to have that is paid off in spades. I also love that you get to see someone as, as super hardcore as Sigourney Weaver inside of what is a very supporting role inside this right. film. But in that she's supporting, she really does come out as that center pitchfork point right. that I like a lot. Right. I, I, I love the character that she has inside of this, as well as the banter between the two throughout the whole movie. I think it's very well done. Sigourney Weaver. You know, we... We can wax philosophic on the career of Sigourney Weaver. Aliens, all Ghostbusters. All It's a crazy career. It's a storied career. And it does nothing but get larger. There are many films inside of her cone of her career that would fit perfectly inside the perspective review cone that I know that we're eventually going to get to. You mentioned Alien, the Alien, right. whole Alien series. Right. I know that Two Guys Talking Horror.com's host, Nicholas J. Hearn over there, he's going to be getting to all of those films. Those are not just wheelhouse films. Those are cinema historic pillars, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh, in particular, Aliens. Mm-hmm. Aliens is one of my favorite films of all time. And Sigourney Weaver brings... A serious tone, irrelevant of the movie. You, you put her into a comedy, she breaks up, you know, that comedic, I guess, maybe maybe it can get a little bit dull or mm-hmm. whatnot, mm-hmm. but I think she adds that flavor to it where no matter what you put her in, she's got this serious tone to her. Yeah, and, well, it's um, instant gravitas. And, right. It, regardless of what role she's playing, she brings something to the table. I think uh, I would put in front of everybody Avatar. Right. Inside of Avatar, mm-hmm. she brings what is a no-holds-barred, balls-of-the-wall scientist right. who needs to get the job done and happens to be taking advantage of this gargantuan military presence, period, paragraph. Right. And she sells it. She sells every single inch of that all the way through. And she does that same thing inside of this film, Dave. Frank Langella. He is a heavy in just about everything that he plays, whether it's got that comedic wisp like it does inside of Dave here Mm -hmm. or any of the other films that he's been in. The guy not only brings the same gravitas that someone like Sigourney Weaver brings, he, he brings that darker tone. Right. Uh, I, I kind of consider him the dark box of markers that gets used to draw things. Right. 
and it's incredibly powerful. Uh, even in here, there's that wisp of comedy, that kind of over-the-topness that is just a shade into the comedic, but it's dire. It's, 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 it's dark stuff that's inserted to balance out the comedic moments inside the rest of the film. Right, and they bring him in to show the, the corrupt side of government. You know, mm-hmm. He wants to, he wants to uh, flush out that, you know, who, who can we have as the, the real dirt bag mm-hmm. in the movie? Yeah. And, and he sells it. Uh, the we'll talk a little bit more about this as we get into the goods inside the film too. the twisty turnies that he's able to pull off without question mm-hmm. while at the same time having an overtone of deep dark i'm in control right he pulls it off perfectly that's where we ask you guys what was your favorite character inside dave 1993 directed by ivan reitman let us know what you think by going over to our website that's whatcopswatch.com click anywhere on the right hand side of the page fill out that quick web form and tell us which actor do you think had the most impact inside of Dave, 1993? The concept of needing to help one's government. Right. What are you going to do for your country, Mike mm-hmm. Wilkerson? It is a question I don't think anybody asks themselves nowadays. You may be right. I, I really, I I really do believe that. And that, that is a very sad thing because you and I, uh, you at uh, almost 50, mm-hmm. me at 46, we can look back and go, it wasn't that long ago where someone like JFK said, I asked not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Right. And forget that it was JFK, just someone saying that to you, you'd instantly look and do some personal inventory and go, what can I do for my country? Nowadays, you start asking people that, and they want to just pull the trench coat over themselves and walk away. That's another reason why we're doing this perspective review and the Air Force One perspective review. And it's mm-hmm. that that being able to conjure personal, not just personal responsibility for your country, but your willingness to participate in the system of not only what's government, but in the selection of a president inside of your government that leads the whole game. That is right. something that's critical that's lost. I, and, you know, the only thing that I'll say with that is I still see I still see our young people step up, you know, to serve in the military, mm-hmm. to serve our country, mm-hmm. and truly uh, to say, you know, I will sacrifice. Yeah. And, and, that's, yeah. and yeah. that, I find comfort in that. Yeah. And, you know, that there is, there is honor in uh, those serving in the military, and, uh, you know, my hat's always off to them. The last three weeks after 9-11 have had me looking through YouTube for a variety of things, the inspiration, the success stories, the, the people that were able to survive 9-11 and then mm-hmm. move on with their lives. It's, mm-hmm. You'd be amazed at the different kinds of content that you'll find when looking for stuff like that. And one of the things that I found was an introspection on something called Extortion 17. Are you familiar with any of this? I'm not. Okay, Extortion 17 was when 30 operators of SEAL Team 6 were shot down inside of a helicopter. And I know all of you are saying, Mike, how are you trying to tie these this great comedic re- light film to I that? I recall that. I think I recall that. Yeah, well, I, that, that's one of the problems is that a whole bunch more people should recall this than do. Sure. And... Uh, again, not to tie us all politically, but the government in general has failed all of the families of those special operations operators. Mm -hmm. And we'll have uh, some links inside of the show notes for this episode to go and look and find out more about the extortion 17 process. Um, The bottom line though, is that we know that we should be always appreciative of the people that are in the military of law enforcement. Hence Mm -hmm. what copswatch.com anybody inside the first responder cone, instant respect. At least it should be garnered as instant respect. 
What is missing, though, and it kind of goes back to the very first thing we're talking about here is how can we ask people to help give back to their government when you think the government is doing nothing but suckling you? Yeah, it's a hard sell. It, it, it's not only is it a hard sell, it's it's a reversion. It's it's almost a repellent to want to be able to give back to the government when you always feel like you're being taken advantage of by the government. And I wanted to make sure that we mentioned that because it's one of the many traits inside of this film that I love. Because name the other movie that does this for you real quick, Chris. And I guess you can go back to like Top Gun. Well, where it, recruitment it, for the Navy increases 800%. I kind of relate it to <laughs> watch the movie Armageddon. Yeah, yeah. Where you've yeah, got these yeah. normal guys, right? Well, they're not normal, but they're, you know, they're on an oil rig. Blue collar. Blue, right. right. They're, they're not, not super educatedly not able to do anything. Right, yeah. And they go, look, we need somebody to step up for your country, for, for the world. For the world, your, right, yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do? For an effort larger than yourself. And right. I think if, if we, regardless of what side we all fall on, I think we can all agree that the governmental picture is larger than any of us and that we can't instantly step into it and help make a difference to propel forward inside of things rather than to help divide. That's terribly frustrating. It's great to see that as a tenant inside of Dave 1993. <laughs> Incredibly valuable real-world celebrity cameos. This happened a lot in the 90s, especially when they were trying to glide in things of a political or glide into celebrity nature to help sell things. Mm -hmm. So the, the faux newsreels, which we get a bunch inside of this, where it's not only the newsreels, it's actually television programming that's programmed with real people inside of their program personality right. that just so happens to include the movie content. I love that. I love all of the the political cameos inside of this. Speaker Tip O'Neill. Right. Uh, there's got to be probably 10 or 15 people that are actual politicians right. that were featured inside of the movie to push that this is really happening. All of that is sold wonderfully inside of this film. All And all of it's real. You don't get anything in there. Even the stuff that's over the top, like the very interesting cameo of Oliver Stone, Mr. Conspiracy himself. Right. It's sold perfectly and where it's placed inside the movie, but also that of the people that you would know would kind of think they know that the president was actually replaced. Well, it's going to be Oliver Stone. And it's and it's easy because all you have to do is Oliver Stone has to be Oliver Stone, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? And, and the, the senators and the uh, representatives that they interviewed, they're, yeah. they it's not as much acting. They're That's how they are. I mean, right. they're, they're used right. to doing that. So, right. you know, that, that script is... Is pretty much already written for. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that, and it absolutely helps to sell this film's validity. I loved it. Realizing that you're stepping on to a platform. This is great. Having been an actor my entire life, I can remember for the first several times stepping onto a stage. I think the first time I remember was in sixth grade. Mm -hmm. And in sixth grade, I was the centerpiece of what was a two-person show a girl and a boy, I was the boy, mm -hmm. inside of a show called Free to Be You and Me. Mm -hmm. I remember the songs to this day, all of it. And what I remember from that was the first initial time where it wasn't just me walking onto a stage in front of my schoolmates that were in front of me. It was me walking onto a stage in front of hundreds of people inside of a gym stage. Right. And it is something. And what you are able to see here, thanks to Kevin Klein inside this film, 
is that initial wonder of, wait a second, I know these people are here for the president, but they're here for me. Right. And I love that. That is something very alluring to anybody that's ever had any anything in the way of want to perform. Right. And that we're able to get that from Kevin Klein is delicious acting inside of this movie. Right. The besmirching of the vice president. Now you'll note, everyone, this is going to be one of the strange things that I give to you in both the goods, but also inside the bads. It's good inside of this because he is kind of the perfect scapegoat. Right. He is the, quote, Boy Scout. He is the guy that's never done anything wrong and that all of the evidence can be pointed towards him, thereby making a scandal that is then proliferated throughout television in an almost foreboding what was supposed to happen inside of Clintondom back then is very, very strange. But I think it circles back, too, to the original concept of the movie. Oh, yeah. And, and the appeal to the audience, the the appeal is, or in my opinion it is, what if we take a normal guy, normal gal, normal person, mm-hmm. put them in the White House? Mm-hmm. How's that going to turn out? The vice president, you know, as you go along, you find out that he was just a uh, what a shoe salesman mm-hmm. before he got into politics. Mm-hmm. So it kind of brings him back down to that level of normality yeah. that everyone can relate to. Yeah. And I remember, well, I told you that I couldn't remember seeing this movie. The only thing that I remembered about that movie was him coming back into the office, holding the spear <laughs> and, the and, the, and the headdress <laughs> from the you know BS uh, trip that they sent him off to do, so and, that they could uh, build the case. So against that they him. could build the case against him yeah. and set him up. Yeah. And you yeah. know that it it tries to clearly paint. Look, here's the corruption. Here's a guy that's done nothing wrong. Here's a normal person, and they get eaten up by the politics. Yeah. Well, how much of that is real? How much of it? isn't real yeah i don't know again i i I desperately wanted to use dave as the peppering initial peppering point Mm -hmm. inside of our reviews that base itself on the presidential perspective because of that exactly right because inside of this year 2016's political arena it is it is a it's unprecedented it's 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 strange days man (laughs) it's all i can tell you it's strange days and being able to go back to something that includes something as benign as setting up the vice president of the United States for a giant bank windfall. Right. <laughs> How do you... <laughs> I mean, they... they <laughs> it is. It's strange times, they man. They didn't have WikiLeaks back then, you know, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, but, you know, who knows? And who knows where we're going? Perhaps, uh, you know, a couple elections in the future will go, oh, that 2016 wasn't that bad. Look where we're at now. <laughs> who knows? The initial guilt of replacing the president... Of the United States. Again, Kevin Klein is just... hes It's not that he's only super believable in this role. It's that... This is something we've talked about, not only inside of what Cops Watch stuff, but two guys talking stuff forever. The actors that are able to convey what they're thinking and feeling while saying nothing... Right. Are the ones you really do need to learn how to pay attention to. Because they're not just, they're not just the actor. They are someone that provides you with an atmosphere... When you get to see them act. And those are the ones that I want. Jack Nicholson is another one. Beyond Jack being goofy Jack. Jack provides an entire atmosphere. That you get to take in no matter who the character is. Whether it's his character from The Departed. Whether it's the one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Whether it's him as Colonel Jessup. Doesn't make any difference. He instantly surrounds you. With the atmosphere of what the character is supposed to be offering. 
and I find that incredibly endearing inside of inside of any movie. Well, and I think it's their ability to become that character. Yeah. Uh, this in this case, when Klein becomes that character, he he ensures that he stays this this. Hey, I'm a regular guy mm-hmm. that runs this uh, temp agency. I'm just an everyday citizen. So when you put me into this role, and then all, all of a sudden I see this corruption going on and these things going on, and I'm going to, you know, what's the normal person going to ask? Wait a minute. Well, where's the vice president? Is this legal? I mean, I think he, he owns that characterization, and that's why he brings that environment with him. Well, and I love that. I, I love, you know, because as, as preposterous as, and you and I are, we're kind of known for the banking on noting the preposterous. Mm-hmm. And we kind of look at this and go, okay, the doctor that not only investigated but did a very detailed review of what the president's status was yesterday mm-hmm. walks into the bedroom, sees the president sitting upright, takes a couple of tests and says, oh, I guess you're okay. That doesn't pass a sniff test, but because of the acting and the pace inside of this portion of the film, right. it's all paid off. Right. Pace, the belief in acting, and actors that are able to convey things, when they even when they say nothing at all, all of that helps you press past the disbelief pill requirement. And, and they, I love that. And they stick to that precedence. What would a normal person, what would Mike Wilkerson say as soon as you know, we put him in this role? <laughs> you know, He's going to say, hey, wait a minute, am I going to get in trouble? Is this, is this legal? What about the vice president? Isn't there supposed to? And he doesn't know a lot about, you know, politics. He doesn't know a lot about right, the process right, and such. Right. Again, and I to, love how they walk you through. Uh, that. Me too. Again, to go to another Kiefer moment. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland is who I'm referring to, who, by the way, is one of the gods of being able to act by saying nothing inside of his new program called Designated Survivor. You know, we might all think that we understand the concept of when I say Designated Survivor. But probably not everybody. Right. And probably before this show launched, you probably didn't know what the designated survivor role and how it works. Right. You now do know because you've seen it inside the television show. Right. But prior to that, you didn't have any clue. Well, you wouldn't have any clue if you had to take over, quote, for the president, whether or not that would be legal or not. And you would ask somebody because right. you don't want to go to jail. Right. And I love that. Klein pays that off perfectly. Transformative power with attitude. I think everybody has had this in their life, whether it's inside of your career, your family, your own personal development. There are moments inside of your life where you realize that what you're doing makes a difference. Me, I would take podcasting. We, by, as a matter of course, I hope, telling people about our appreciation of what we see inside of Dave and what we think are thereby educating people inside of our listening audience. Right. Not only about Dave, but about the world around them. That is my transformative moment inside of podcasting for this particular podcast. Well, what you get to see several times inside of this film for Kevin Klein, again, to totally stroke his acting skill set, is exactly that. There are moments where you see him not only become more confident as, quote, the president, but realize that he's doing actual good. Right. And I love that because, again, we, we, we go and we jerk 15 people off the street and go, what do you think of politics? Everyone guaranteed, especially now inside of 2016, two weeks outside of the election day, is going to go, oh, I can't stand it. Right. Oh, I'm so sick of it. Oh, I can't believe it's still two weeks left. Right. That's what we're going to get. We're not going to get that. Well, you know, if you don't like it, maybe you should try politics and try and transform something yourself. Right. That's where it's supposed to go. And that is one of the huge messages inside of what you see inside of Dave. Another reason why we're doing the perspective review. Of Dave. Or would you ever come across the the note from that question, the person that says, well, 
No, I think I think politicians go out there and help people. But that's what's supposed to happen, right? That is I mean, what's supposed a, to happen. And there are some people in politics that actually do try to go out there and help people, right? They're, now, if I went out and said that to somebody, they'd say, no, I don't think no, so. No, right. Especially the you know, but, you know, all the people that you see on television, those politicians. Yeah. Okay, well, we're looking at what is essentially maybe five people across a segment of what is thousands of people inside of both city government state government, and then national government. Right. So again, it's it's another reason why I wanted to make sure we put a giant, interesting spotlight on Dave. The tell them I want to see them now scene. Yeah, I liked it. This is extraordinary. Yep. It's, where the, it's where the literal power of the office begins to enact itself on somebody that's making a difference by using the power. Right. I love it. I, I absolutely love that scene. The influential power. And it's uh, it, it's telling, but like I said, I'll go back to it. It's Kevin Klein continuing to maintain character, continuing to maintain that that attitude of, you know what, I'm not going to deviate from what's right, even mm-hmm. though you mm-hmm. threaten me, even though I could go to jail, even though you're actually holding the cards. Now you've given me the power, you've given me the influence, and I'm going to continue to maintain my set of values. The I'm here to see the president scene. Ah, Murray, Charles Grodin. A wonderful role here. Incredibly small, but aren't those some of the best ones ever? Absolutely. You know, again, those that don't know, Chris is a published author and screenplay writer. Mm -hmm. And the fact of being able to develop even small characters that have not only good, solid impact, but lasting impact, even if they're not showcased throughout the entire story, is a very hard right, and it can be done so wrong. Those details make a difference. They they really do. And Murray inside of this plays exactly the kind of detail that needs to be done in the initial splash damage of bring in an accountant that can make a difference based on what they see in regard to numbers, not so much in regard to needing to understand the political atmosphere that needs to be matched when changing a budget. Right. That's something that could be used very much today inside of many of the political streams that you see talking inside of this most recent political election season. And that's I think that it it opens that thought process up yeah. to the yeah, yeah. the viewing audience and maybe we'll go out to uh, our audience if you had a crack at the budget what would you do? Right. Right. And I, obviously you guys can't look at a, a series of paper pamphlets oh wait you can. I don't think that anybody knows that either. You can go and look at the entire budget right now on the internet. In fact, we'll link to it inside the show notes for this episode. Now, looking through that overnight with your buddy Murray from down the street when you had your your temp agency (laughs) and getting it done in a night, probably not. No. (laughs) But the bottom line, right, right, right. But the bottom line is that especially when there are people that know people Mm -hmm. that is coming up, regardless of what end of the spectrum you're on, doesn't make any difference. Right. Being able to go in there and start digging and finding where money can be collected and either repurposed or completely cut out, those are all things that can get done and probably don't get done because of the way the political atmosphere is. The discovery scene. I don't know that I want to paint this as one scene because there's actually four or five scenes that put together equal the discovery of Dave, which is what we're it. referring to. They build it. And, and the building part, this is something that you and I have talked about a lot, especially inside of your books, mm-hmm. is the building part is incredibly crucial to really effective storytelling. And it's hard to write. You it know, is. You, you, it is. What you do is you open loops 
but you got to make sure that you close them and you want a dramatic close mm-hmm. and you got to make sure that you close them at the right time. Right. But these writers did. Yeah. Yeah, they absolutely did. The neat part too is that there's something to being able to close them, but you also have to be able to remember what has been closed and how those points foster the story. Precisely. What Chris and I have just dialogued in the last two minutes here inside of this point is exactly what is missing inside of 90% of what happens inside of Hollywood, in particular television writing, in my opinion. Right. We've struck on a couple of really gold items inside of television over the years, mm-hmm. but not many. Not many. The the ability to, as you said, open, close those loops, but then also make the closing of the loops be endearing to the storytelling, right. whether it's in the same episode, in future episodes, future seasons, future television programs that are spinoffs. Right. Very hard to do. Right. Uh, it can be done really, really well, but it can also be done really, really poorly. And that's what audiences want. Too I mean, true. They, they want Too true. that plot, that subplot, that ongoing loop, mm-hmm. and they want the... They want the culmination to, I don't know, surprise them, mm-hmm. to, uh, to come together. Mm-hmm. But, but if there's something unanswered, then you lose them. Then the other discovery scene. I wanted to tell everyone how impactful the Sigourney Weaver going into the other Oval Office, where the other Oval Office is this ovular room that holds the president. Mm-hmm but it's the one where he's in a coma. Right. And how impactful that is. I, 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 you know, we, we can all kid and joke about how we think that, you know, I think half the, half the politicians in power currently are probably in a coma. And then there's a, having a politician in a coma. Right. And the, the teeter-totter of serious and lighthearted comedy inside of this film is one of the best I think there is. Right. And it's because of scenes like this one. There's hardly any dialogue. There's incredible empathy for both the people that are trying to prevent Sigourney Weaver's character to get in to see him, Mm -hmm. but then also from her when she finally does get there. And all the hatred and vitriol that she shows inside of the first and then the beginning second act of the movie all kind of squeezes out of her like a toothpaste tube. And I like that. I, I love like that. that. Because I that's, love that. That's, it's endearing. It, well, and it's, it relates to, I don't know, it re- relates to humanity. It, it re- know, that's and, well and said. It, and it, it, uh, it draws on humanity, which makes her character more realistic. Yeah, and, and that she... Well, we're going to talk a little bit about that as we get towards the, the wrap for everything, too. But that piece of humanity and that there is a lot of real feel uh empathy right inside of what you see inside of this story it's super key to the success of this movie yep revelations that surround a true calling there's a portion in the post-discovery scene where you see sigourney weaver's character packing her bags and then eventually she and dave are sitting on a couch and she leans over and, and asks him so what did you do before this and he says Oh, you mean before I was ruling the country? And that entire little piece there is magical because you get to see him, like when I tell people about podcasting and how it fuels me, there's a difference between something that fuels you and something that you get up and go to work and do where you've got to go do it because you got to make a paycheck. And you can see a little tiny light switch. There's a lantern that lives inside of him when he's talking about his going to find people jobs thing. 
And I love that inside of this. Again, it speaks to Kevin Klein's acting prowess, but also to, I think everybody has got a little tiny lantern inside of them that if they could just turn it on and showcase that beacon every now and then, it would help fuel them too. Right. And we get to see that inside Kevin Klein's character. Again, it wraps back into the humanity of the film. People want to know what their purpose is. And I think that light is their purpose. It draws them toward their purpose. And I think that it highlights that. Um, kind of as a subplot, but, yeah, uh, yeah. but people pick up on that. Yeah. And well, the neat thing is that the subplot then turns into a ramp into the end of the film. Right. It's that tiny little glide into crescendo, mm-hmm. and then they totally take you in a different off-ramp direction towards the end of the movie. It's really well done. Vice President Nance returneth. <laughs> the only scene <laughs> I remember. Chris could remember <laughs> from the film is when, ironically, Ben Kingsley walks into the room and, yeah. and hands the president this gargantuan spill, spear, taller than he is, and yeah. this mega hat thing. Right. right. <laughs> it was great. It was great, and again, we get to meet Sir Ben Kingsley, right. the mega actor that is not the mega actor. I love it when they can take actors that you would just think would beat the brakes off a role, and they don't. They right. just, they, they slip perfectly into the role. Right. I really hope Ben Kingsley had a fun time doing this. We've seen him parodied in so many different things now, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, Sopranos or inside of the, some of the newer movies that he's done, that I really do hope that he enjoyed this role because he really did pay it off. It's simple. It's understated. He is the eventual successor to a president that was not very much liked except for the last 33 days of his of his tenure in office. Right, which wasn't him. Right, right. I enjoyed it. I It's where I can go across the characters and go, look, it's Vice President Nance. Absolutely. Giving us a sample of a man that could be president responsibility, sincere apologies, a want to move forward. Something that is tired and old inside of every political speech nowadays is being able to change and move forward. And oops, I'm sorry that I blah. And all of those things are completely hollow now. Well, I think that's really the heart of this movie too. And don't you think that the that people out there are trying to relate to the candidates that come up. Mm-hmm. They're trying to say, hey, wait a minute, that person's like me. But isn't it really, really difficult these days? And it's and in so this difficult. movie, in the heart of this movie, that's why I think it's a I think it captures people's attention. You have this normal guy who's not a politician, who hasn't been through politics, you know, is just some guy that owns a temp agency and all of a sudden he's in this role mm-hmm. and he acts like a normal guy. Yeah. And I think Everybody, or most people in our country, wonder, what would happen? How would that be? I don't know. Like the, the, I think when people go and they look at candidates, they look for, hey, how are they a normal person? Mm-hmm. Did they react like a normal person? And once they don't, they go, oh, politician. That's politics. You know, They play it off like that. And, and it seems to be a turnoff. Mm-hmm. You know, I think in that- many cases also you'll see the reciprocal, where they do accidentally do something like them i think and, and that praised. instant yeah it, not only that it turns into an instant magnet moment right and the magnet moment is what i think my opinion as a for, again a 46 year old man currently is what's missing inside of modern day politics right. there are very few times where i can say that i drift into the direction of insert politician name because dot 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 right i cannot physically align myself with anything that that person is doing currently explain it to me tell me more 
Don't polish it up so that it can be accidentally swapped on like a like an old milk carton under the situation. I don't have any interest in that. What I want you to do is I want you to explain the situation. I don't want you to give me a big bunch of polish. Right. I want you to tell me what you think. And then I want to know, okay, well, I agree with you or I don't agree with you. Good. Move on. Let's go to the next one. Right. And we, we don't see that. We don't oh. see that. And we see a drift like that inside of this movie, which is why I'm endeared to it. Right. And you don't see the, I mean, tell me the last time you've seen, you know, especially on a national level, a politician that's come out and said, you know what? I'm imperfect. I'm not all, I don't do everything right. I screw up. Mm-hmm. I make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Tell me the last time you've seen that. Yeah. It, that, it just doesn't happen, and I think that's what people are looking for. I, I totally agree with that, and uh, the the big one that I put on here, because what you just talked about was personal responsibility in regard to being a politician. The other one that I put on here is that real apology. Right. I am not looking for someone to grab a handkerchief, get on their knees, and blubber in front of a camera. Right. I'm not looking for that, but I am looking for someone that does exactly what you just said. The difference is that instead of being outright and responsible... I want someone to tell me I'm sorry for being an idiot because you're an idiot. Right. Well, it, that's all. <laughs> or, or I don't think that that's a tall ask, look, especially if why, we put you into I, an office. I don't have an excuse of why I did that. I screwed up. It was wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. But there, I'm not giving you an excuse. There's no excuse for it. It just doesn't go that way. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. A circular story to round out the, quote, end of a presidency. I thought it was brilliant writing. I love this. The writing inside of this very expedient, no downtime movie. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Name me a downtime moment inside of this. Maybe right. two or three extra seconds of singing that should have been in it. But other than I that, I, 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 I got nothing. I, right. The pace inside of the movie was perfect. The, the loop that we get here where not only was he a man that came in wanting to be more responsible for a politician that was not responsible right that did everything inside of the cone of traditional politics that was wrong and ended up dying for it no less right he then becomes the guy that wants to help make solutions and becomes the person that we just referred to the guy that is sincere the guy that does offer apologies the guy that does go and repair relationships that were destroyed I, i don't i don't know if everybody understands that inside of what they've the case they built against vice president nance that's game over moment for someone right. like President Nance or right. Vice President Nance. He he will never right. come back from that into a, a giant power office again. Although nowadays politics, who knows? Right. Uh, seriously, that's a decapitation moment for your reputation. You just went and snuck off with all the the SNL money. Great job, and now you're never going to work again. Right. And and the <clears throat> the way that they wrote the end of that, and they brought it full circle where you had one corrupt politician that set him up mm-hmm. and you had a regular guy in there posing as the president that came in and called the bluff. And the way that he does it is he does the unthinkable. He does what no other politician would have done, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the movie. And he gets up and he admits openly to committing crimes. Yeah. And, and he's outplayed. I love the way they wrote that in there because he's outplayed. Because the normal person told the truth. Mm -hmm. And he never thought this person would go up and do that. But he did because he was, because, you know, he wasn't, you know, a national politician. And 
you know, didn't have the career at stake. He went up there to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. I love how they rounded it out. Yeah, it was terrific. Ending on something other than a bow. You and I have been talking about forever. Again, you as a as an accomplished writer, me as someone that loves to review all kinds of entertainment. I love it when somebody can bring me to something at the end of a property that is not just a bow moment. Right. The bow moment would have been that he goes in, he's able to successfully finish out the tenure of that presidency, and then he and Sigourney Weaver's character go off and have their tryst and support people inside of Finding Jobs, blah. Right. That would have been the bow. What is definitively not the bow is to throw the bad guy under the bus in front of everybody, in front of literally everybody. Right. Everybody on television is seeing all this. The other great thing that is incredibly imaginative is where he gives this deliverance of this incredibly endearing speech and inside the middle of the endearing speech, he foe suffers another stroke and then dies. Right. I love that. The good guy dying, quote unquote, is not traditionally what you see inside of anything. Right. And that they're able to do that, but then give him the scoot out of, and then he goes back to helping people find jobs, has a reasonably successful office set, and then one day on the door in walks the former first lady. Right. I thought that that was great. Totally it, outside the box. It's consistent with their theme, going back to reality, going back to the humanity. Bad yeah. things happen. Yeah. And yeah. they didn't deviate from that. Yeah. You know, they weren't going to uh, make everything better. So bad things happen. There was, uh, you know, the, the president ended up dying. You know, I still thought that it was a happy ending, if you want to classify it like that. I mm -hmm. thought that the way that they concluded the film was great. But they didn't try to paint this unrealistic, you know, fragrant atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And I think that if they had, it would have lost me. Well, it would have definitely been worse off for it. There's no question. A really great ending here at the end of Dave. It's time to take a break here during the Perspective Review of Dave, 1993, directed by Ivan Reitman. We will be right back on WhatCopsWatch.com. Poker's been around a long time. The memories, the cards, the money, the players, it all makes for an outstanding experience. But where can you get true knowledge, tips, tricks, and detail? Don't miss the next episode of Two Guys Talking Poker, where poker zealots Vic Porcelli and Andy Kazin interview poker greats like Michael the Grinder Mizraki, Alan Chainsaw Kessler, Greg Fossilman Raymer, and many more. Add on superb hand analysis and poker industry news, and you've got the Two Guys Talking Poker podcast. Check it out now at twoguystalkingpoker.com. That's twoguystalkingpoker.com. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can. With perpetual advertising, here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even if your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment, real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. 
Looking for a straightforward user interface and a cost-effective feature-filled multi-track recording software? Call off the search! Mixcraft from Acoustica has exactly what you're looking for. It's time to include reliable audio creation and editing software with real punch into your projects. Check out Mixcraft now over at Acoustica.com forward slash Mixcraft and start a new generation of audio creation and editing today. Shield was introduced in 1965 in an edition of Strange Tales featuring Nick Fury. It was billed inside comic books as the greatest action thriller of all time. And it's safe to say that secret acronymed international intelligence collection endeavors would never be the same. Another, even greater, episodic series is ready to take the greatest action thriller of all time mantle. And we hope you'll be listening. Don't miss the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, reviewing each and every episode of ABC's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. bullet point by bullet point. Check it all out right now at agentsofshieldpodcast.com. That's agentsofshieldpodcast.com. I'm Bob Chrisman from the Galaxy Cast, reviewing sci-fi entertainment and more on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Everyone, welcome back to WhatCopsWatch.com, where we're providing a perspective review of Dave, 1993, starring Kevin Klein, directed by Ivan Reitman. Just as we have goods inside of every movie, there's also the bad, the besmirching of the vice president. You and I, I think, have praised it, actually, inside of this Mm -hmm. review, but I wanted to put it on the bad one because... It is the swath of regular political goings-on that I guess had to be here. Obviously, mm-hmm. you couldn't have the same story if you didn't have it. I right. just it, That we had to see that is another piece of old school that right. it would be great to not have to have. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> the man that we like becomes the man that was always the bad guy. But is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. Tell me about that. We meet the guy that steps in for the guy that was the bad guy. Okay? Right. Then we realize that the guy that steps in for the bad guy can now make everything that's happening inside of the presidency good. Because he looks like the guy. Because he can kind of do an impression of him that everybody buys. He's able to make the bad guy the good guy. And then we come full circle at the end where he has to become the bad guy. Without accomplishing more anything. Because he's got to he's got to fess up to the scandal that that Bob throws through, right? And that you and I are talking about how endearing that is inside of the positives, but inside of the negatives, I also think that that's a negative. What would have happened if they? Because they could have done that anyway, if they hadn't written in the and on day thirty six the scandal's going to hit because Bob's got to get revenge. Right. You could have had something that plays out, and then towards the end of. The presidency, this guy's reign in presidency, you can then have the crescendo of then the president dies. Right. Would that have worked also or not? It it didn't bother me that much. Mm -hmm. I don't think it bothered me that much um, as far as the bad. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it worked. (laughs) The presidential limousine. 
you know, one of the other things that we had, and it's it's something really minor. We uh, we watched the scene where they had the presidential limousine going down the road, and they've got Dave in the back of it, mm-hmm. and it's got the flags on the front. And it's uh, if you look at it at one point in time, it's got uh, it looks like it's got grill lights, like it's running code. It's got the grill lights on it, and it's it's all alone. Mm-hmm. It's all alone. Yeah, there's um, no no cavalcade. There's no yeah. There's 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 no uh, motorcade with it. And I've I've not been in the Secret Service. I have <laughs> taken some sec- security training mm-hmm. and uh, with the Secret Service mm-hmm. and uh, have taken some training where protocols that they use for motorcades and rope lines and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think now we'll have to ask our uh, Secret Service uh, uh, expert, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't think that they would ever have the president or even his double. Mm-hmm. Inside of a single limousine with lights running, two American flags stuck on the front saying, hey, here I am. As far as and uh, do a giant, our... a giant 180 in the middle of the right. <laughs> in the middle of the boulevard. Right. Yeah, I, I right. agree. I so. agree. I, I think something else that we, we have to recognize is that one, that limo would never be unaccompanied by somebody. Right. And some other vehicle, at least one other vehicle. And we've done, um, I've been involved in some of the operations when they would have uh, some of the presidential candidates. They'd mm-hmm. come out, they'd close, I mean, they close the highway down for miles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, uh, they run, you know, they run sweep cars. They've got a helicopter. I mean, it's just, it's tight security. They don't take any chances yeah. when you have, you know, a presidential candidate or even more so the president. Yeah. Yeah, and we mentioned this while I was watching this, but there are two times when uh, President Obama has been in town where I've happened to have been on the highway going in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. They didn't close the highway going in the opposite direction, but the other side of the highway was completely shut down. Sure. There, there is no go. There's a small little baby bird that's the helicopter that's mm-hmm. coasting back and forth across right. the front to make sure that the path is clear. Right. And then there's probably eight, ten different vehicles that are all in line with the president's vehicle in the center of it. It's it's standard operating procedure. It's right. protection. It's the protection layers of the president, just like an onion. And you make, don't you wouldn't know which car he's in. Right, right, and and it, it it's extraordinary. Now, I think what we also know is that the reason why they use the same limo that they used inside of No Way Out mm-hmm. inside of this movie is because of budget, obviously. Sure. It costs less money to have that car that has a, st- a couple of stickers and some flags on it right. versus going to get one that looked like whatever the, the real one was back then, along right. with 10 other cars. Right. So we, we totally get that, but it's definitely something we wanted to mention. That's where we ask you, did you guys find anything bad inside of Dave, 1993, directed by Ivan Reitman? Let us know what you think by going to our website over at whatcopswatch.com. Click on the right-hand side inside the web form, fill that out, and tell us what did you find negative inside of Dave, 1993. So we come to the part of the whatcopswatch.com perspective review of Dave, 1993, directed by Ivan Reitman, where we rate this movie. The scale works thusly. 10 super awesome impersonation of a great movie inside of a perspective review over at one not so awesome everything starts at a seven for average the numbers go up with positives the numbers go down with negatives and chris there are no halfsies what do you got chris i'm gonna rate it a nine i thought it was Really well put together. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I look for, as I always say in the podcast, is good writing. Yes. And I thought it was there, coupled with, uh, I've got to compliment whoever their casting director was. Yeah. Um, Hardcore. You know, very, very good job. So um, 
you know, I would have, uh, you know, anything, anything else written a little bit differently, not the right actors, and it wouldn't have been a nine, but I liked it. Yeah, it was good. I, I think what I found from this film is that the overarch of, look, there's somebody that if I could have them as president, I would. Right. Uh, instantly. The being able to step up and at least try a plan, being able to make modifications that aren't so insurmountable that they don't work. Obviously, when I talked a little bit about how ridiculous it is to come and bring your buddy Murray in right. from your accounting portion of your temp your temps business to come in and fix the budget overnight, so you get six hundred and fifty million dollars out of thin air. Right. We 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 get all that, guys. No hate mail, please. Um, but the endearment, the the true personality that shines through, that is, I would say, what ninety percent, right, Dave. Yep. Slash the character that is still the president, but not really anymore. It really is endearing. And the the acting inside of this is just so well done. I don't find, especially something that's based inside of politics. I don't find something that's this well done very often. I agree. I too, am going to give this movie a nine. That's where we ask you guys, what would you give this movie? Dave, 1993, directed by Ivan Reitman. Tell us what you think by going over to our website. Again, that's whatcopswatch.com. There's a contact form on the right-hand side. Click on it now and tell us what you think. The franchise. Thankfully, there is no sequel needed for this movie. And I'm glad they didn't go back to the well. There, There is no need to kind of figure out that someone notices... Sigourney Weaver having a tryst with some dude that look like looks like the president, and then they somehow step back into politics and make it onto it local worked. mayoral, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I don't think it would have worked. Oh, I don't think so either. And that somebody can recognize that, even though this money made has made a decent sum of money, mm-hmm. is a good thing. And so I don't know how many times we can look at a movie where it's so well-rounded, not only so much of the presentation that you and I have now gone through in super mm-hmm. depth, but in regard to the overall presentation where even though you make money, you don't need to go back. No. Even though all the characters were incredibly sound from the top to the bottom, you don't have to go back. The story was sound, rounded out, and even might have made a carpet for going back to the property and doing something, but you choose not to. Absolutely. Thumbs up. Right. It's something that really needs to be visited inside of what happens inside of modern day movie making, because instead of making what is one story that is critical and has good acting, but more importantly, great storytelling, there needs to now be an arc. I don't want to crap on people that want to build arc storytelling, because arc storytelling really is more enduring. There's no question about it. But there can be instances, and I think Dave is one of them, which is why we've done this perspective review, of being able to convey a story, be done, and then on to the next thing. If you can, like I said before, open loops throughout that arc, Mm -hmm. but you have to come up with unique, creative content. And to revisit something like this you would probably have to regurgitate some of it, and it's just not going to come out well. No. So I'm glad that they uh, that they took the uh, angle of, you know what? It was a great success. It was great writing. Go on, create something new and unique, and start over. Yeah. Yeah. And that they were able to package this up and still give it to us now this many years later. It's 13 right. years after this movie was, was provided to people. And it's still as endearing, and I think even more so because of today's political climate. Right. So again, another giant bonus for what's happened with this movie in the 23 years since was actually conveyed. Super exciting, but terribly special. Right. And the creativity and the uh, 
the aspects of this film are still enjoyable. And intact. Right. 23 years later. And so we come to the close of this perspective review of Dave, 1993, directed by Ivan Reitman, starring a cavalcade of actors led by the indomitable Kevin Klein. Until next time, I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Chris DiGiuseppe, your other host. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. This is the end of your tour of duty. Another episode of What Cops Watch has been filed in records. But another scene is taking shape. So many dirtbags, so little time. Check back again soon to whatcopswatch.com and join us back in the squad room for your next assignment. Don't be late. This isn't a request. Are you a cop? You want to tell us about what you watch and why? Contact us by visiting whatcopswatch.com. There you can interact with us on Facebook and Twitter, subscribe to us via iTunes, and get regular briefings directly from your duty sergeant. Thanks for listening, and remember, after your tour of duty, hang up your duty belt, grab some coffee, kick back in that recliner, and listen to the next episode of whatcopswatch.com.